We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody, into your Sunday episode of the crossover you're accustomed to getting between the OBR Film Breakdown and All Eyes on Cleveland. That's Jake Burns. That's Brad Ward. We're pumped to have you here on a Sunday. We are, we're, listen, we only have two Sundays until the actual NFL draft gets here, and then perhaps you'll hear us on the Sunday after the draft have some sort of cumulative episode about what the what the Browns have done and things we think about the Browns after they make some draft picks. So uh, in talking with Brad, I thought a really good idea here would be to come up with three players we uh, are going to predict that the Browns are going to select in this upcoming draft on offense and defense over the next two Sundays. And then obviously our next uh, podcast for our things I think I know about the Cleveland Browns will be after the draft has actually occurred. So a fun little exercise here, picking three each. So uh, a lot of good stuff uh, going on, I think, all together. So if you missed last week, we did, uh, if you pay attention to these five positions we think the Browns should take, right? We organized them at the most important position we feel like they should take somebody as we sit here right now. Now they could make some kind of move here in the next week. I don't know that they will. It seems like the only move on the radar is the Al Woods trade. Sorry, signing uh, if that comes to fruition, but we haven't heard any real, um, you know, we haven't seen any ground made up in, in some sort of contract there. Usually those things do happen out of nowhere, yeah. but we have no, uh, any rumblings after he left and we heard that he enjoyed his visit, but who knows they could be way off on the figures for a contract there seems the Jets are out of it, but maybe there's some surprise team we don't know. They're going to play it patient. They're going to do the draft, then they're going to see where they need to plug some holes, and then they'll go from there. And they certainly still have a lot to figure out with Perrion Winfrey, who flew into Cleveland just yesterday, and I'm sure they're going to talk through all of that stuff. So a lot of moving parts here, but we're excited to give you some players we've been paying attention to. Uh, if you don't know, we have been doing an OBR draft guide, which Brad has been involved in, myself, Jack Duffin, and uh, Cody Sook. We've been putting together all sorts of angles for several draft prospects. We're going to do another two weeks of these, pretty much two a day to get you uh, appetized on every single plot prospect we think is in that 75 to 98 range. And whether we think the Browns are actually going to pick them based on athletic scores and ages and scheme fit, whole bunch of different things. So a lot of fun stuff leading up to the draft. It's all draft here, obviously, until 
you get in and uh you know enjoy the april i think it's april 27th i think it's 26th to the 28th am i right about that brad i yeah. think i am but anyway welcoming welcoming brad ward to the show now that i've rambled on for two or three minutes what's up brad what's going on uh yeah no i'm excited uh you know i'm actually ready for the draft to be here to be honest uh you know and uh get it underway but this is you know it's good we you know we got a couple weeks to kind of smooth things out here get our thoughts in order and uh key in on what's going to happen but uh it, it should be interesting you know i don't there's there's a lot of uh layers to what the browns are doing at this point but it, it it's not massive stuff it's you know very fine-tuning type stuff but there's a lot to kind of sort through so they need some good players. Moral of the story. They're yes. picking in a hard spot. And if you listen to some stuff I did this week with Andrew Spade and talking about how things are actually at some point, whether we believe it or not, are going to get tight with that quarterback contract. They can't keep pushing it down the line forever. They are in a tough spot where they have to draft later, but they also have to come up with some answers. And then yesterday I got with John Colosimo and we talked through Andrew Barry's draft and gave you what I hope and I believe was some really good perspective on how few big names actually come out of every single draft. Like some enlightening stuff about you might be mad about some of Andrew Barry's picks, but there was no one around that they could have picked that would have been better. And if you think that uh, on a majority of those, there's a couple Anthony Schwartz and I believe JOK you could make some arguments for, but there's not many. There's really not many. And it's a it's a difficult process. So we're going to try to master that process ourselves here. So I'm going to come up with uh, three names. Brad's going to come up with three names. And again, it's good to remind you right now. And I, again, you get outside of the draft so far every year that when it comes back around full circle, you do just enough forgetting about the previous cycle. I'm, I am of the belief, Brad, and I'll let you respond to this before we get started. I have not seen so many mixed reviews of player values. Like from 45 on, it feels like it's just so different. PFF to NFL mock draft simulator to pro football network to all these different places. And even the bigger names, the Daniel Jeremiah's, the um, Lance Zerlines, there's just a wide variety of names in the top 100s these guys put together this year to where you pay attention to one mock all the time. You're like, no way that guy's available. But if you look at another mock, you're like, well, yeah, he's going to be available based on what I see. And we're going to have a really good example of that at some point today. But it is wild out here in terms of just the value of some of these guys. And sometimes it can be smokescreen season, but this feels less smokescreen season where the top is. And there's some stuff about CJ Stroud and some smoke coming from the Houston Texans and some mm -hmm. stuff like that. But I'm just saying the 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 grade, the evaluation of guys 45 to 100, it's all over the map, man. Yeah, um, I think that in, in something that I've kind of uh, talked about on my shows a couple times is, and, and with some of the draft experts that I've had on the show on Thursday night, we had a couple guys on, and last Thursday too, but like it feels like there's tw maybe 20. Some some guys feel like there's less than 20 first-round graded players in this draft. And then after that, like, if you're in the first round, it feels like those teams from, like, 20 on are going to not want to take a player there. Like, in, in a perfect world, they could all move back because it's like, to your point, from 30 or 40 to, you know, maybe even as high as, like, 25 – to like 75 you're talking about a wide range of evaluations on players uh diff boards being very different and a lot of people feeling like the player that you get at say maybe 30 and 60 are not that dissimilar in talent very fair that is a th that is a sentiment as well and that 
that level of discrepancy between talent probably speaks pretty much to what I'm saying here, which is some guys are valuing guys way differently than others. And yes. I just feel like, and again, I could be wrong. I'm not a guy who is deep in every single draft cycle. I've paid pretty close attention the last five years as I've been writing on the Browns, but I cannot claim to be somebody who specifically writes on the draft to have a, you know, an expert opinion on this, but I just, this year is weird. It's really weird with player value. So we're going to do our best to pin down some guys we think the Browns are going to like, and we're going to try to explain why we are predicting them to get selected by Cleveland. So I will hit lead off here, uh, and I'm going to go with one. Okay, we, we, when we do offense, we have to look at positions we really feel like the Browns are going to take. So there's, in I, I mean, I know they've met with a couple quarterbacks, but pretty much ruling out quarterback, right? Sure. I don't feel like they're going to dra- they're not going to spend any pick on that, considering they just brought back Dobbs. They still have. You know, they still have the rookie contract out there for Kellen Mond. Like it's it's just feels like that's just cluttering up a situation in a year or two. Maybe they end up doing that. But for now, I don't get the inclination they will certainly running back and wide receiver. And then I think it's like, OK, what else would they do? They probably do some form of offensive line and maybe a tight end. So that's kind of what you're picking from. We're not eliminating many positions. I would say quarterback and center are pretty much out. If you're a center only hard to see them doing that with Nick Harris on the roster coming back and then what they invested in postage right guard seems reasonable tackle seems reasonable tight end reasonable I feel really certain about wide receiver and running back based on the things that they have done and some uh, situations that have popped up recently so those are at least to to our understanding the bigger locks at the position of those two and that's where Brad and I will head with our first two so I'm going to start with Rasheed Rice which I think this might come as a surprise to people and There are some people that like him more than others. Pro Football Focus has him as the eighth best receiver in their standings. Um, Rasheed Rice is the 11th rated player on um, Dane Brugler's uh, guide. I don't have it in front of me. I think he's I think he's 91 on Sports Info Solutions. I'll try to find that real quick. I had him up not too long ago, so maybe I can quickly come up with what he actually is for them. It, he's usually hovering around anywhere from like seven to 13, right? So if I'm looking at theirs, they have uh, sports info solution puts out a really good guide every year. They have him as the uh, 10th. No, a little lower than that. I actually have him at overall 97, 13th at the position. So again, if you're looking at grade base, that's like a third round, fourth round grade. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I like about him. Contested catchability is phenomenal. 16 contested catches over the past two years. That's great. Deep threat tracking. He's a up the sideline player, very comfortable. And the thing that I like is the alignment versatility. This is certainly something that I think is worth noting. He had uh, snaps per season. He had 592 snaps in 2020 only 39 in the slot. Then he played 495 snaps in 2021, and he played 465 snaps in the slot. Then again, last year, he had 789 and played 134. So he's got two years' worth of experience playing Z and X, and he's got a full year's worth of experience playing the slot, which to me matters, right? So they're talking about, okay, what do we want to do? We want Elijah Moore to be versatile. We want to look at the future of Amari Cooper might be gone, maybe this next year or the year after, who knows? Then you're looking at a contract extension for Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think you're looking at a guy, 6'2", 203. He's just over 22 years, uh, just just turns 23. He's a little bit older. But again, I'm saying like pick 98, pick 111 area yeah. for Rasheed Rice. 
and I can see why they would be drawn to him. He is uber athletic. His RAS score was really strong, above nine. I think the ninth, ninth most athletic wide receiver on the board. So again, you're getting a little bit of an older player, but it's not too old. And if you're into the 100s, I think they could certainly do it. He had 18 deep catches first in the uh, NCAA last year. He was fifth in deep yards, 566, tied for eighth with 16 contested catches. He had screen production. He had 35 screen catches, 203 yards, which is 16th. He forced 19 missed tackles in open space. That means you're talking about, hey, we need more yak opportunity, right? That's what he's good at. He can catch the football. He's a possession receiver. And when you think of planning years in advance, Donovan Peoples-Jones at $10 million or Rasheed Rice in his second year, that's where you can start to see a little bit of that yeah. stuff. The ball skills, I think, are really strong. I think their possession receiver angle, you're talking about replicating a guy who can step in for Donovan Peoples-Jones, but has just as good, if not better, downfield ability with experience in multiple alignments. You can start to really see where this comes together with a very high athletic score. He was a 4-5-40 guy, but his 10-yard split was 1.5, which is elite. So he can get moving a little bit here, you know? So... He's not a nuanced route runner. I want to make sure I explain that. So if you were looking at what his cons are, I think the corners are able to stick with him a little better than what you'd like, right? And you tell me if this sounds familiar in any way. I don't think he has a great release package. I don't think he has a ton of route savvy in terms of the quick twitch or finding blind spots when you're coming out of moves or getting a corner to swivel the hips just to attack that swivel of the hips. That sounds a lot like Donovan Peoples-Jones. So I'm not saying they're trying to replicate DPJ to the extreme here, but I do think they're trying to find a player who can do similar things and I do think has another level of ability in certain aspects. And I think that his ability, the deep threat tracking and the contested catch stuff is really, really strong. And I do think his ability, which is different from Donovan, to make people miss after the catch is where he can become a dangerous player in the NFL. Again, if he can start, hey, spend a year with Cooper, spend a year with Elijah Moore, how do I do this? What's the route nuance? How do I move here? What do I do here to set up a DB? I can see it really coming together. So, again, I don't see him as a pick 74 guy, even though the mock consensus, uh, NFL mock simulator consensus board here, which just accumulates a ton of different mock outcomes, has him as, I think, the 73rd rated player right now. I think the way people are rating him anywhere from 8 to 13, sometimes a little above or below that, smells to me like a guy who could be there at 98 and be really appealing to them at 98. So I'm going to predict, I said a lot, Brad, but I'm going to predict that they end up going that route because Rasheed Rice gives them opportunities. But you know, I like Tyler Scott. I like Marvin Mims. There's there's a lot of guys in that realm, and I know you're going to talk about a fun under-the-radar player on your own here. So go ahead and give us yours. Yeah, uh, real quickly, though, on Rice, the thing I like about him when I watch him is he, he, um, I think he's pretty physical for his size uh you know he plays a little bigger than he is like size wise and 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 Mm -hmm. to your point um catching the ball away from his body contested catches and just just he just has uh he um he kind of to your point meets the donovan people's jones but even a little bit of maybe some jarvis landry-esque to him a little bit too kind of uh uh type of player i don't know he I, i like him I think he, I think he's in that group of like guys that are all about six foot or maybe a little bit under, right? What's his height exactly? He's, he's six one. He's like six six foot and a half, six okay. one. He's going to play at about six one, but he's two oh five, so he can. Yeah, he's, he's big and yeah. he can move at that size. He plays at that size. You can see 
the way he bullies people. Yeah. And, and I think that like he's an interesting guy because, you know, I'm not saying you, you think of the mold of like a Debo Samuel, right? A guy who maybe isn't a great route runner, but he makes people miss. He can create opportunity after the catch. And he has that certainly has that level of physicality, led the team in receiving. He's a team captain, which I love. Yeah. Anytime you can get guys who are team captains, which immediately tells you the respect that their teammates have for him. I'm all about that. Second team All-American, first team All-AAC. It feels like his first year, two, three years ago, back in 2020, he was trying to figure out where he was on the team, what his role was. Then they tried him in the slot, didn't quite fit for who he was, and then gave him that chance back outside, and he really thrived. And Saw the target shoot up by 30, 96 catches, 1,355 yards, 10 touchdowns. There is a little bit of a concentration drop thing that can come up here with him every now and again that I think concerns some people, to which I obviously understand. But when I see his ability to catch, I don't see a guy who has like a clap catch issue or anything like that. I think he yeah. can easily overcome it. Like he had one drop in 2021 on 64 targets. So I, I don't, I really don't think it's going to be a huge drop issue in the NFL. So I, I just, again, it's not a guy that I'm like, Ooh, they got to get him at 74 the way maybe I feel about Mims or Scott, because I think they're going to be gone, but I'm looking at like, okay, pick 98. Or if you're at 111 and maybe you get really hungry and you like him a lot and you move up to say 106 or 105, I think there's a lot of, merit to that kind of move the crazy thing is i think there are some teams that could really like him like uh i mean i heard listen to you know chris sims top five podcast i think rasheed rice was in his top five and so like you hear like once again well how we talked about these guys being all over the board some people i think evaluate him higher than that and some don't so it's gonna be really interesting how this board falls we talked about the size, this wide receiver class. There's a lot of size at the top, or not a lot of size, but there's three guys at the top, right? And then you kind of get this bunch of guys that are all about the same size, and it's it'll be interesting to how see how it shakes out. So, I like I like your choice. I, I like his physical nature for sure. Um, yeah, my guy is uh, a uh, he's six six one two thirteen Michael Wilson from Stanford, and the reason that you know he's seventeen. Uh, in the Beast, and Dane Brugler is the Beast, right? Wide receiver 17. He is actually on PFF ranked just just in front of Rasheed Rice, uh, right? So he is mm-hmm. uh, PFF uh, player 66, but wide receiver, whatever number that is, in front of Rice um, and Hyatt on PFF's big board. But um, he has an NFL-ready body like now. Like, he can walk on the field now. You don't have to do anything with him. He's NFL-ready physique. He is built and uh, long and strong. He runs very, very good routes, uh, has terrific instincts, tracks the ball well, uh, runs the routes, you know, all three levels, um, makes contested catches. He is physical. Uh, the problem here, and the reason why, you know, so once again, if you look at the speed thing, kind of like your guy, four five eight forty doesn't test well there, but uh, three cone is uh, very good at a six point eight one, and the ten yard split is a one point five as well. So you're talking about good explosion, right? In in the short area, quickness and speed. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think this is a guy that stresses defense at all three levels i think that he is a guy that can contribute right away has tremendous instincts but the problem with him if you're going to make a knock on him is there is injuries right he's been injury prone 
And uh, that's kind of why he's off the radar. So, you know, for example here, to kind of summarize this, um, when you look at the beast, the way uh, the last thing Brugler writes, you know, his last sentence on him, overall Wilson has an uneven career production because of his injury history. But the more tape you watch, the more you appreciate his package of size, intelligent, intelligence, and competitive athleticism to challenge coverage. As long as he stays healthy, his skills on offense and special teams will keep him on an NFL roster. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he is... If you're looking for a guy... Like, when the, with the Browns, I, I stopped looking for speed so much, right? Like, I, I love speed, mm-hmm. but with the trade... And the signing of Goodwin, I kind of am looking for, similar to your thought process, maybe somebody that can fill in a different role. And I think Wilson is different that way. So I like it. Yeah, man. I mean, he's he's uh, he's also 23. So I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, 23 is not if you're fine with 22 and a half at some of these ranges, it's like, okay, six months, really? You know, so it's. It's certainly picking nits on some of those ages. As long as a guy's not like 24, right? Like if he's 24, that's pretty old and he's past 24. (laughs) That's where it gets to where I can see people getting uneasy about it. But when you're talking pick again, he's a fourth roundish projection. You're talking again, 98 to 111 to 126. You're fine with that. You're looking for production at that point, in my opinion. So uh, I, there's a lot to like about him, a lot to like about Michael Wilson. So those are your two receivers, right? So we're going to switch over and talk running back now. So if we're digging in on running back, there are, and just like receiver in the range of 74 to 126, there are just so many fun options. And even into the 140s, a ton of fun options. The same with running back. I feel like this is, and maybe this is coming from like a, a dynasty uh, fantasy football player. I just feel like it's such a good running back class. And I don't think that I'm saying anything that anybody isn't, in agreement yeah. with uh and and I, I think that it's it's got the chance to be uh, a really a really special group there are so many good runners in it and you can go in so many different ways here and and still and still have i don't know a pretty good football player i'm probably swinging a little bit too high for where they'll take a running back even though as we sit here they only still have two on the roster if you're including Demetric felton like two and a half but felton's never really played much running back in the nfl I think it's something that they're really looking to figure out down the line. A guy who can contribute this year, but also a guy who could potentially be the guy whenever they do decide to move on from Nick, whenever that moment comes. So I'm looking at a serious running back. Like I'm really looking at a serious running back. I could see them also pushing it off until 142 or even going crazy and pushing it off to 190. Like, right. There's a lot of different things they could do here, but I, I'm when I'm looking at this, I'm drawn to Tank Bigsby. Okay, uh, I, in so many ways, this Auburn running back who I think is just a really special player. He's he's just over 21. Um, he came into Auburn and had a stellar first season, uh, getting 834 yards as a freshman, and you could see it, right? Like five touchdowns, six yards per carry. There were a lot of things that that people were really liking about Tank Tank Bigsby. But as the Auburn program went through a bit of a weird stretch. I know that they've replaced the coach since then. It's it's just sort of been, he's been under the radar, but he's continued to run really well. I mean, he had three straight years of over 80 grades, right? He had uh, a 834 his first year, freshman year, 1104 his second year, 976 is just this past year, 5.5 yards per carry, uh, 10 touchdowns. He can, can, contributing the passing game. 
20 catches a jun- uh, sophomore year. This past year's junior year, 30 catches, 180 both seasons. Uh, again, you're talking about where does he excel? Yards after contact, 17th last year. Yards after contact per attempt, 4.2, which is 13th. He is. Uh, I think he sees the field well, and when he sees it, he's a cutback. He can he can get downfield, mm-hmm. make one cut, get where you need him to go. He's lived in the shotgun, so that's stuff that I'm obviously expecting the Browns to do. Uh, uh, quite a bit, uh, quite a bit, and I do think as time goes, he can be a guy who can who can be a higher volume run running back for them, right? He can be sort of a bell cow back to a certain extent, at least in my opinion. His his issue, people will give him a lot of flack for for creating missed tackles, and I I think he's able to be a bit more uh, you know open field creative than people give him credit for. So that again like to me a lot to like he's a he's explosive uh he's a four five six guy but as you know so is nick chubb so i'm not really worried about that the broad jump was really strong and i i just think the tape was was really really good he's just an all-around runner to me uh that fits a lot of what they're looking to do and um his sec freshman of the year like i said led the team in rushing all three seasons uh, which i think is important a one five six ten yard split which is which is pretty strong but um I think that there's sometimes where you can you can argue that he maybe doesn't quite decisively hit it enough, but explosiveness, uh, a receiver, he's a great blocker too. He was a very willing pass blocker, which if you're going to find the field for the Browns next year, you have to be willing to do it. Uh, experience in, in gap and zone schemes. And really, in lack of a better term, he's a brick shithouse, man. He's every bit of like 5'11", five, five, 210, 215 and rocked up like – just could be a really fun back to pair. And I think there's a level to this, this receiving that he can do some of the creative stuff, receiving the football out of the backfield. So tank Bigsby, I like him a lot. He is number 77 on uh, SIS's big board, uh, which again, I think they do a pretty good job over there. They like his agility, elusiveness, creativity to be an effective back at the next level. Uh, maybe doesn't have that great breakaway speed, but uh, a chance to be a good three down back because of the well-roundedness of what he does. He is the sixth overall running back with a third round prediction from Dane Brugler. And then pro football focus has him as, let me check real quick. I have it up in front of me here. They have him as the sixth ranked player overall and 86th on their big board. So it would probably have to be 74 or 98. So that's swinging big from my perspective, but you never know with the flavors of where these things go and what people like. And yeah. he could be sitting there at 98 and could really appeal to them. So again, I've just seen, you know, if I'm looking at it, running back rankings all the way, like here's the 10th best player on Dane Brugler's board, Zach Evans. I think Zach Evans is going to be really good. Yeah. The third, the 11th best player on that board has a third or fourth round grade, Eric Gray. And that's not even including Chase Brown, Dwayne McBride, who I know you're going to talk about in just a minute. Deuce Vaughn is 15th. Keaton Mitchell, who I like a ton, is 19th. He has a fifth, sixth round grade. It is a loaded, loaded running back class. So there's a way in which it's very easy for me to see Tank Bigsby drop down to 98-111. And I think if he's sitting there, I think the Browns will end up taking him. His age is perfect for them. He's a good athlete, a lot to really like. So I'm going to take Tank Bigsby. Any thoughts on that player before uh, we jump to break? Uh, love it. Ton of fun. Like him uh, as a uh, back, obviously. Um, you know, I, I will save my comments for the running back position overall until we come back from break, but I love it as a pick. Uh, if he was there, I would want to snatch him up. I like it. Okay, so that's uh, that's my pick. Brad is going to give his right after a quick break a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Okay, so we're back, Brad. Go ahead and give us, I think you're doing running back two here, right? Give us your guy. Yeah, I got a running back two. I want to say this, uh, though, real quick, Jake. I think it'll be interesting as we move forward here to really track what kind of back the Browns choose. Uh, in, in, I think it'll be kind of telling in their succession plan and in their, in their future here. Like if they go out for some reason and get like a scat back or somebody they think can be a, a, like a, a weapon or a speed weapon more and doesn't really fulfill the, uh, like bell cow kind of like the guys that we chose uh that could, we think mm-hmm. could be potentially a bell cow back for a team um then you know I, I will kind of wonder what they're thinking about their future with nick chubb I'll, however if they do pick that guy that you think can be your future replacement for him um i think that's something worth tracking though uh as we move forward here so the style of back that's chosen will tell a lot so uh but my guy that i chose here i went running back as well is Dwayne mcbride from uab he's kind of all over the place he's running back 13 uh on uh in the beast right so i think your guy was Mm -hmm. seven or six right uh, in the beast 
and uh, yeah, a little little uh, discrepancy yeah, there. McBride for sure. is thirteen, but also, but they're right next to each other on PFF's big board at eighty-five and eighty-six. McBride being eighty-five. Listen, he uh, uh, has been uh, statistically the uh, most dominant guy in football for the last three seasons. Thirty-five hundred yards on four hundred eighty-four carries in the last three years. He broke uh, one hundred and seventy-five tackles on four hundred eighty-four attempts. Um, he is his feet, man. It's his feet, right? He's compact. He's balanced. His vision is good. His instincts are spectacular. He and his, his feet, like he gets into, uh, spaces and tight areas, kind of Nick Chubb-esque, right? And just finds a way, uh, to get through there. And, um, he is, uh, of age, I believe he's 20 <laughs> of age, 21 point, uh, 21.7 years old, uh, mm-hmm. currently. So he kind of fits there. But uh, I like everything about this back. His PFF grades are 94.1, 89.8, 93.5, and that's three years of tons of touching the ball. Uh, you you could worry that he has too many carries. I don't. Uh, he looks explosive in the short area. He's not a home run hitter, but for me he is a potential three-down back, but two-down back right now. So uh, at 5'10", 215, uh, I mean, he's a, his, he's a bowling ball, yeah, man. He's for, tough to bring down. For a guy that's two fifteen, his feet are unreal, right? Like he mm-hmm. he, he moves like a guy that is you know one eighty, one eighty five, right? And that's kind of what makes him special, in my opinion. And so um, he has some things to fix, right? Like he's not perfect. He's not a a proven pass catcher yet, although I think he can do it. He just hasn't been used that way. Um, he has had some fumble issues a little bit here and there, and he needs to be a better blocker. Although where you can get him at, you know, I, I think, um, he's worth it. And he's very intriguing for me as a runner. Yeah. Mock draft database has Bigsby 101 and it has McBride at 123. So not a huge gap according to that uh, metric. So both within reasonable distance, right? Yeah, both here, and, and, and let me read this again because I, I clipped it real quick. I think yeah. it's worthwhile to read this last sentence part uh, of uh, Bru- Dane's uh, Bruglers from the Beast on each one of these players. Overall, McBride is unproven as a pass catcher and blocker, uh, which might restrict his NFL role, but his contact, balance, vision, and lateral agility are among the best in this running back class has to offer. He projects uh, best in a—he in a, ran it uh, two years in the wide zone scheme at UAB, so— uh, familiar with what the Browns do a lot run wise. Yeah. Natural fit. I think he's definitely on the board. So the next pick is a little bit more. Um, I guess it's a little, it's just a little trickier to pick, you know, cause you could go so many different directions. And I think sure. you and I go a different direction here, which is good for perspective. So I'm going to go tight end for a guy who is all over the map and tight end is another, I think really good group. And it again has just a bunch of varying opinions. Like, I'm looking at Davis Allen out of Clemson, and I'm just sort of fascinated with where he is. He's 197 on NFL Mock Draft Database. Pro Football Focus doesn't even have them in their him in their preview guide, which maybe means he's outside of the top 150 for them. I don't know how many people they rated. Dane Brugler and the Beast has him ninth. I, I don't. I don't know, man. He's all over the board. But if he's there at like 126, 140, 142. And I could even see them being as hungry for him at 111 if they really, really like him. He's massive. He's every bit of 6'6", 250. He's a contested catch guy that is, I think, really, really good at it. And, and he can go up. He's a red zone threat. 
Um, he led the team in touchdown receptions in 21 and 22. He had five touchdown catches, got a bit more opportunity, but he's just, um, I think that it starts with blocking. He's comfortable as an inline blocker. So if they're wanting Akins and Njoku to get more opportunities through various schemes in the pass catching role, uh, Davis is an experienced blocker who I think can handle it. Right. And, and that's the baseline of his game. But I think he's a better athlete and a better player than given credit for. Now his 40 will drop him, right? He's a 48440 guy, which is not good. But I do think on film he runs better than that. And his one five nine ten yard split tells me he can get, you know, in a in a 10 yard window can get moving. He's explosive, 38 and a half inch vertical, a 10-5 broad. So he is a good athlete. And again, I'm trying to like peg what do they want that player to look like, right? What is the developmental part of what that role could be? And as we talked about Harrison Bryant, the amount of money he's set to make could make him a a player that they could be view as expendable. You would like to get a younger player. Akins is in his early 30s. He's not getting younger, right? And Joku's got that contract where it is spicy right now, but if he doesn't put up the numbers you expect him to for the figure, they could start to get hungry to maybe look in a different direction. I'm just kind of eyeing Davis Allen. SIS has him all the way up at the 64th-ranked player eighth ranked player at the position. So uh, I, again, you're talking about a guy who's, who's effective as heck in the goal line. One of the better contested catch tight ends in the entire class. Again, every bit of six, six, every bit of two fifty can move people along the line of scrimmage got lost in what was a really, really rough. As we know that Clemson offense, uh, the last few years has not been fun to watch. So mm-hmm. people haven't wandered over to watch DJ Ulongale very often, mm-hmm. but when you do, Davis Allen was a real part of it, and I thought last year he started to make some strides. So a name to keep an eye on there as a tight end that maybe you haven't heard a ton about. Some guys even have him inside their top 100, uh, which I think is surprising to me, to say the least. I at least uh, saw Daniel Jeremiah had him at like right at 99-100. So it's just really tight ends, whatever your flavor is. And I think he's an interesting one that the Browns could be uh, very, very – drawn to based on his college background and what he could be projecting forward. And again, just over 22 years old. So not an old prospect at all either. I love him. I love the, I, I, I like this pick a ton. I like this kid, you know, this tight end class to your point, similar to running back, both very deep, but very varied as far as evaluations go. Right. Like, uh, after, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's all over the place with these guys, you know. Laporta's round one, you know, he's round five. It's all it's all over the place. Tucker Craft, same thing. Musgrave, same. Yeah. So uh, I like Allen up there with those guys. So I think he's really good value, and I think he'll probably be around like after them. So I think it's a good pick there. Yeah, for sure. All right, hit me with yours, which I think goes along the O line, right? Yes, I I, I want to tackle here with the thought of. Uh, a succession plan for Jedrick Wills and, uh, you know, just trying to think that direction. Now, I don't know if you think, you tell me what you think, if this is a bit of a pipe dream to think that he would be around late enough to go here, but uh, his name is Wanya Morris. He'll actually be the second tackle probably taken from Oklahoma in this draft. So he's the 12th tackle uh, uh, on Dane Brugler's tackle board, right? So that gives me hope that he would be around later on. Um, he's higher. He's the 90th player on PFF's big board rank overall. So he's in their top hundred. He's 22 and a half years old. He weighs 307 pounds. He's six, five. This dude, uh, is, uh, has everything that you want in a tackle. He has the NFL size now. 
uh, the length now, mm-hmm. the hands now, has really good feet. Uh, it moves incredibly well for a man this size. Um, and when you're talking about arm length, hands, all that stuff, he's got all. He's got it all except for any of the polish, right? Like he needs, yeah, he needs the polish. He needs he needs to work with uh, somebody. He can figure he, out leverage. It's a huge thing. If he yeah. gets the leverage part down, he could be he could be okay. I mean, he could be a guy that could be a respectable tackle for you for a little while. Yeah. So uh, I think that. He has like the if you give him this lump of clay with this athleticism to Bill Callahan, I think you're giving yourself a good shot at success. Is kind of the thought behind this pick, uh, if that makes sense. Um, and he could be around that later on, you know. So uh, that's what I'm thinking uh, for Jed Wills. If they don't want to extend him, if he doesn't make that that leap forward. Maybe you have somebody waiting in the wings like uh, Wanya Morris, who has a ton of potential, in my opinion. Uh, here is Dane's uh, last uh, comment on him. Overall, Morris has NFL starting talent with his frame, length, athletic traits, but he looks like a completely different player when his leverage and technique fall apart, as you just said. Uh, if he learns to become more fundamentally sound, he can lock down a swing tackle role in the NFL and eventually become a starter. So uh, there's uh, his thoughts on it. Uh, I don't know what you think. Is that realistic, do you think? I mean, he's kind of all over boards too. But, you know, the thing that makes me jump out like, boy, the Browns would like this guy. This guy's a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Um, yeah, he was a know. big part of that huge Tennessee class with yes. – uh, I think yeah. he was a part of the same class as Darnell Wright. I think they went in there at the same time in that yeah. the kid from uh, Alabama uh, who almost went to Ohio State, the linebacker, Henry uh, Teoto. Toe? I don't know. I suck at those names. I'm not great at them. I can look it up. That's actually a fun point I should make real quick is that Dane's the Beast, which is the number one draft guide on the market, does yeah. a great job with name pronunciations, and yes, I suck do. at these. So I'm like the worst. His name's actually pronounced Wanye. Is how yeah. the first name is pronounced. So not Wanya, so tricky one. Wanye. It looks like it'd be Wanya. It's Wanye, Wanye Morris. So that's that's actually a fun little wrinkle. I would not have pronounced that Wanye. I mean, I but I can't again. If you have not bought a draft guide and you want to buy a draft guide, it is the draft guide to buy. It get, I mean, just it just makes you a better consumer and like the way you consume the the NFL draft in general makes it more fun but I, that's a good pick I, I think they're interested in like like the Nick Sadovery kid out of um, Old Dominion is interesting there's a lot of angle here for looking at tackles as a means to uh, looking at like the future of Jack Conklin right even if you believe Jedrick Both Wills sides, is yeah. going to figure this thing out you know you have Conklin's situation sort of just sitting there too uh, as he continues to grow older and all of that stuff so there's there's a lot of elements here. Like you said, Wanye is a really, really talented kid coming out of high school. There's just some things he needs to figure out. And maybe, again, we have seen the – it's worked for some people, right? The Bill Callahan um, school of, of offensive line play, it's it's worked for some. And maybe he's a guy that they can find a way to unlock a little bit, right? They're still trying to find the key to unlock Jedrick Wills. They're still searching for that. So it's not a perfect system here, but – there's certainly a belief that sometimes these guys can figure some things out. So yeah, Wanye, uh, Wanye Morris is a is an interesting one for Brad. Uh, you know, among, among again, there, we're saying there are there are many many. <laughs> so I mean, it's hard to even put three yeah. together uh, yeah. in this in this exercise. We just wanted to throw out some names we're drawn to and give you reason. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. So we have covered a lot of different prospects. Uh, you know, over the course of 
a lot of study, right? We've done we've done a lot of different uh, study and uh, on offense, and maybe you won't hear us predict many more things. Uh, we'll try to get together Tuesday to do a, a dueling mock draft here a little bit, but the, the, those are names that stand out to us that we want to put a prediction on. And listen, if you if you don't see the Browns draft any of the six guys we talked about here, then just forget this pod ever happened. If, if <laughs> they do, then I want you to specifically shout us out and give us all the credit in the world because we know everything. And you guys should should uh, should should note that definitely and definitely like I said, don't call us out if we get anything wrong because that wouldn't be yeah, that wouldn't uh, be cool, you know. Yeah, so. I mean it's worth the thought process is is the is what it's about, right? Like and evaluating these guys, the evaluations matter for sure, but it's the it's the you know what you're trying to accomplish with the pick, right? I think is a lot of it too. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, and it was a lot of fun. So you heard it here, mine on my side, Rasheed Rice. Tank Bigsby, and then lastly, Davis Allen. Brad's side, he goes Michael Wilson. Uh, he goes Dwayne McBride. And Debo. then lastly, Wanye, uh, uh, do, uh, lastly, Wanye Morris. Wanye Morris. Uh, so we're getting names right. And again, the, the guide that you need is the beast because it will tell you all of these names, which uh, we are all trying to learn. There's another couple of them. Uh, um, Servassier Dennis, that name was giving me massive amounts of trouble. Uh, over the last few weeks and Yikes. Dane's guide helped me pronounce Servasia Dennis, the linebacker from Pitt. So pretty excited about uh, sounding a little bit more intelligent here and there. So hopefully you'll hear more intelligent talk from me in the, the coming few weeks before the draft starts. But Brad, this was fun, man. I, like I said, we will be back next week, Sunday uh, to pick our defensive guys that, that we think the Browns will pick. And I think there's certainly a lot of defensive positions that are of interest. So a lot of names available in that one too, but yeah, uh, you know, I think we think we might get one or two of these right, Brad. I hope so. I hope so. We'd sound really smart. So, cheers. all right, yeah. Well, that's it for us, you guys. Thanks for stopping by on a Sunday. You know, we got plenty of pods out there for you to check out if you want to listen to them. Uh, hopefully, you guys have had a good time listening to this one. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the weather. I think it's going to get a little colder next week and then get warmer by the end of the week. So, yeah, for like a day or two, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's always going to Ohio's going to remind you uh, anytime it can about what it can possibly do to you with the weather. So enjoy your Sunday, get out and enjoy it. Do some, uh, some fun, do, do that and do it because we told you to do it. And I'm just kidding. Hopefully this pod finds you in a good mood and leaves you in a better mood. We appreciate you stopping by for all eyes on Cleveland for the OBR film breakdown. Jake Burns, Brad Ward signing off with the Browns. Go Browns.